negative feedback is just as valuable as positive feedback. It tells you whether or not there's a market for it, whether or not you have the ideal customer, whether or not you need to do some, you know, finagling in your processes or in your actual product. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlositep. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, friends. It's podcast recommendation time. This month, we've been obsessed with listening to the Being Boss podcast hosted by the incredible Emily Thompson. Yeah, Emily does an amazing job talking about what it takes to be boss as a creative business owner, freelancer, and side hustler. She explores the mindsets, habits, and tactics of using creative ambitions to start and grow your business so that you can take control of your work and live life on your own terms. So, so inspiring. One of my favorite episodes of hers is Systems and Strategies for Business Growth, where Emily shares kind of a peek behind the scenes at the growth of her product and retail business, Almanac Supply Co., which you know that another thing we've been obsessed with lately is crystals and um, business building around the universe. (laughs) We're we're very woo now. (laughs) Woo-ish, I would say. Woo-ish. So we love, I mean, this is one of the reasons we love Emily because we love how open she was about how her team uses marketing tactics to continue innovating and finding purpose to further the growth of the company. And it helps bridge that online and in-person shopping experience, something we always tell our community to do. Listen to Being Boss wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. So excited to be here. Um, So today we're going to dig into this really big question that we get all of the time. So we have this challenge and workshop series that is actually happening right now. So if you want to learn how to sell more and do less and discover your best sellers, we invite you to come join us inside at theproductboss.com slash sell more. It's theproductboss.com slash sell more. But within the challenge, when we really start to identify bestsellers, a lot of people come back to us and say, okay, we get this concept. We get the concept of the bestseller. But what if I'm just starting out? What if I don't have a bestseller? So we wanted to bring this up and talk to you about it today on the episode because it's such an overarching question. And we know so many of you out there are just starting. You haven't been able to identify it. You might be a one-of-a-kind business and you're like, I have no idea what to do with a bestseller or how to find one. So we're going to dig in today. Yes, this is um, a, a big question, but an easy answer, I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. um, that not maybe not easy, simple answer. Um, because we get this question over and over and over and over. And I think that this will be so great for all of you that even if you feel like you have your bestsellers to listen to, 
because mm-hmm. it will reinforce for you whether or not you want to lean into that bestseller or whether or not you want to shift gears. Sometimes we get the question if of, I have my bestseller, but I don't want it to be my bestseller. <laughs> then what do I do? So there's lots of like little web, um, a little web weaving in this question that we get all the time. Yeah. I think one thing I want to start this episode by telling all of you is let it be easy. Now, this is advice I have to give myself. So don't think that I'm like... <laughs> That's why I'm giggling over here. <laughs> don't think that I'm like living this. No, it. no. Jacqueline's brain always tells her, it must be hard. It must be hard. <laughs> make it more complicated. <laughs> make it more complicated. You'll make more money. This feels too easy. <laughs> why is it so easy? But the idea for all of you is like, let it be easy. And I've been working on this and practicing it and all the things because we overcomplicate. And I know this because we get these questions back of like, I have a bestseller, but what if my bestseller is like too low priced? Um, and I have to sell a lot of them. Or I have a bestseller, but I want it to be my mediocre seller that I sell more of because I like it better. I'm not kidding. That was a legit question. <laughs> so, I like how that's phrased. <laughs> so I want I want all of us to take a breath and think, how can I make this easier? How can I not overcomplicate this? How can I find the simplest way? And this is why, you know, so much of this boot camp that we're going to work with you on is selling more and doing less. Because what if we told you it could be easy? What if we told you like, I mean, what if you believed us when we said it is easy? Mm-hmm. This is a simple concept. Um, I'm still needing to repeat it to myself over and over, but I think we're going to dig into it today. Yeah. So um, I actually even have some notes. I was digging into my notes um, because like I've answered Jocelyn this question. Jocelyn overcomplicates that. No, 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 no not about that. No, <laughs> about this particular question, because I feel like we need to have a, like a little mini course. Um, and um, I was putting it together at one point in in my life in the product boss. <laughs> and I want to kind of reiterate some points that I have in there as well. Okay, go. Okay. So, uh, well... This is more towards the tactics part, but I think that when people don't have a bestseller, you have to test whether or not that bestseller would be viable, right? So I think that let's have you start being the startup okay. expert. Like, where do they start? You know, because I think that they could hone in. Yeah. Um, and um, where do they start if if they they haven't even started yet? Yeah. So as a startup expert, and if you're new here, you don't know my story. I am a fashion designer by trade, but I've had a startup consulting fashion business since um, 2007. I think that's the first time I've ever described it like that. I've launched over 1,000 fashion brands um, that are accessory or apparel brands. Which reminds me because, okay, this is... uh, you know, in our intro, if you've ever been to any of our <laughs> workshops, Jacqueline talks about uh, we started the product boss at twenty-seven. Now I kind of thirty-seven. I mean, I kind of want the young. team to remove that because I think that you said that you started your own business at twenty-seven. I said There's in two thousand seven, um, and I'm like, but you look so young. Thank and I'm you. Like, what if they think? That we've only done this for a couple years, so you know, well, bless their heart. <laughs> 
No, I'm having the team remove it. Okay. Because okay, I do say I started my business at 26. So yeah, I think I'm 26. 32. It's true. And every single time I hear, I'm like, oh, I got to remember to tell the team that. And so for all of you that think that Jacqueline is this wee little babe at 28 years old right now, the, Thank you. it's just not true. So when you said it that way... What if I decided to freeze my age? Why do you got to call me out in front of all these no, thousands in this of people? Case, when you told the story since 2007, for me, it made more sense okay. than that intro video of since 27 years old because or 26 years old or whatever it was. Because I'm like, but what if they think she's 28 years old? You know? I mean, let, <laughs> let them think it, Nina. No, no they're not going to think it. And I'm going to have the team remove Vanity that little over. snippet. Vanity over what's like... Authority. <laughs> yes. Let them think it. <laughs> let them let them think it. No. Okay. So let's back this up. Okay. Yeah. I like I have... how you told that, by the okay. way. <laughs> Thank you. So since 2007, I have helped launch over 1,000 fashion apparel and accessory brands to the point that people come to me with just an idea. Mm-hmm. I have an idea for X. And you are the person that's going to help me come up with the name, figure out the niche, figure do the designs, develop the product, uh, produce it, and sell it. Okay, this is what I did for so many people. I say 999 more times than probably everyone. So I'm going to give you a little story of a client that stands out to me. Um, and I want you to kind of think about this for your own business. So she's an amazing woman. And she came to me and she said, you know, I there's, there's a gap in the market for women that are tall. So from 5'10 and above in terms of height, there's a gap in the market. She was tall herself. I think she was six feet. And she's like, so she saw a need in the market and she said, "Um, I want to make apparel line for them. Okay, great. I'm like, great. Let's have this meeting. Let's talk about what you want to do. What do you want to make? She goes, I want to make bathing suits, evening wear, active wear, jackets. I mean, you name it. She wanted to make it. It was an entire, it was like, um, you know, what is the, the tall... There's like that tall man store. Oh, big um, and tall? Big and tall, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are the words for a big guy who's also tall? <laughs> that is a that is a gigantic corporation brand that probably buys some other stuff. So she's telling me she basically wants to be that. But I go, so how much, what's your budget? And she goes, well, because uh, it's like, it's multiple millions to do all the things you want to do. And she goes, well, I have $20,000. All right. So now I'm working with $20,000 on this concept. So what we had to do is we had to niche down. So a lot of you out there have all of the ideas for all of the things you want to make just like she did. But the question is, is where's the biggest need in the market? So that's where I went with her. And I says, what's the biggest need? And she's like, well, really truthfully, pants are the biggest need, right? Um, legs because they're are longer. Tall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> their legs are longer. Sometimes the torso is shorter and can fit uh, other clothes, but the, the pants are the biggest deal. Right. I've got short And the biggest problem, problems. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the biggest problem. So it's like, great. Okay, pants. Now we know pants, but she wanted to make denim, which is really expensive to make. She wanted to make any kind of pant you can imagine she wanted to make. So it's like, well, okay, we only have $20,000. So what is, where do you think that people need? What do they need? And she's like, well, I think they really need activewear. This is the time that like activewear was really trending. Lululemon was emerging in the market. Um, Athleta, all the like activewear brands. It's like, great. Okay, so what if with your budget, we started being known for tall women, 5'10 and over, active wear pants? 
that people could then buy from. So she's like, great. So we made four different uh, styles. So we had a variation of four styles of activewear pants, which are like yoga pants, let's call it. Um, and we decided again, because of our budget, we were only going to do black because literally all of us own multiple pairs of black pants. Like Mina mm-hmm. owns a million. I mean, so many. I could probably just name off the amount of joggers. I probably have like 10 joggers that are black. Black. And then I have my leggings, which is probably another set of 10. And then I have my black pants, which are dress up. Some of them are tight. Some of them are bootleg, whatever. That's probably another, like, let's say five. Easily 25 pairs. It's harder to sell hot pink. It's harder to sell um, blue, purple. Like there are certain colors that will always sell, but they're harder to sell. But black, you can sell all day, every day. So we were like, with our limited budget, we niched down and we said, and we niched down. Hey, Mina, how much time do you think we could save if we didn't have to create our own content, such as, you know, blog posts, landing pages, and emails? I'm sure a ton. Creating valuable content takes so much time and productivity away from us. Time that we should be spending on other parts of our business in our zones of genius and with our incredible community. Yeah. And how about having time to have fun or hang out with our family or friends? Like imagine... Yeah, them too. Them too. (laughs) So that's why we are so excited to share that HubSpot has created its new AI tools, Content Assistant and ChatSpot. The easy to use CRM just got even easier in a world buzzing with AI solutions. HubSpot just released some incredible tools that are going to level up your productivity and grow your business. Whoa, that sounds amazing. What exactly can Content Assistant and ChatSpot do? Okay, so these all-in-one AI-powered tools are designed to help you save time, get more done, and grow your business faster. They can also help you improve your website's SEO and visibility by helping you develop content such as blogs, plus so much more. Whoa, what a game changer. This will save so much time so that we can stay in our zones of genius and focus on our community without having to worry about those tedious tasks of creating content. Exactly. So start leveling up your business and productivity today. Learn more about HubSpot AI at HubSpot.com slash artificial dash intelligence. Hey, product boss. I'm just going to jump in real quick because we have a really exciting announcement. We would love to invite you to our sell more, do less, Bootcamp. Now, this is the Product Boss's Guide to Becoming a Money-Making Machine. So if you are ready to transform your business, we invite you to join us at theproductboss.com slash sell more. That's theproductboss.com slash sell more. Now, this is going to be a game-changing series of live workshops and a challenge. And we want to help you transform your business into a profitable money-making machine fast. Because we know you have massive goals and you'll get that step-by-step training and accountability to help you reach them. We're going to spend 21 days in a private Facebook community where we'll deliver our eight-step bestseller growth formula over eight live trainings and Q&As. So if you only have eight hours to give in the next three weeks, you'll have everything you need to sell more products while doing less. So come join us at theproductboss.com slash sell more, and we'll see you inside. My name is Amy Dimerly Snyder, and I have Billy May chocolates. My favorite thing about the product boss and MSM is the fact that you have a community of people 
And when you listen to Jacqueline and Mina, it feels like they're your girlfriends, but they're your girlfriends that can really slap it down and tell you like it is and help get you focused and on the right path. Since joining MSN, my business has grown in a time that really it should have been down. So it's very exciting for me. So when you're all thinking, what if I don't have a bestseller? I want to present to you the idea of if you're just starting, find the biggest gap in the market. So you want to find, okay, where is this gap in the market? You look at it and you say, well, what what is out there? What is something that people need in this market? And I don't care if you're selling something as simple as candles. When I say simple, it's because it's a scent and it's a jar. But there, there are millions of companies out there. That's why we always use candles because people... I think in their heads they are going to be like, well, how can I differentiate with a candle? There's lots of ways that you can differentiate, but you think about what's the need in the market and um, how can you hone in? Then what you do is you test and you try. So the idea here is like you figured out what you want to do and then you are all at the level, whether you're just starting out or you've been in business. And this is what we talk about. We have this bow tie formula that you test and try different products to see which ones sell the best. We cannot tell you your bestseller without you actually testing the products with actual customers. Yeah, you're testing the product. And 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 so I'm going to jump in here. And the one word that you all need to do if you don't have a bestseller is you focus on this one word and it is feedback. Feedback, 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 feedback. I could go an hour like this. So for all of you... <laughs> <Please> don't. <laughs> Oh, that's all we want you to do. When Jacqueline's saying testing and trying, that's what you're getting is feedback. So are there different things that they're naturally gravitating towards? Are there things that are naturally purchased? Are there things that you naturally are better at telling the story of? Is it where people, you know, so what type of feedback? And I will give you this because I wrote this note in my notes that I want to put towards the, um, you know, if if we have a mini course on this, feedback. Monitored behavioral feedback is more important than verbal feedback. Meaning, if you survey somebody, they will almost always be skewed or biased in a certain way. They will sometimes tell you what they what you want to hear, or they will tell you what they want out of you, right? Oh, I want this at the lowest price at the highest value. Of course, they're going to say that. But if you monitor their behavior, it's actually more important. Meaning, what are they naturally gravitating towards? What are they naturally staying away from? What are their natural complaints about it? You know, and um, then you can start to get that version of feedback as well as the verbal feedback of surveying focus groups, whatever it ends up being, you asking them certain questions. Um, But know that you also have to get the feedback of watching what they do. Yeah, which example, and we love this about our multi-stream machine students, and we teach this within the program, is um, in-person markets. One Mm -hmm. of the quickest ways to get feedback is in-person markets and doing it like Hamina is saying. Not like, this is cute, or um, or you know what you should do? Because <laughs> everyone wants to give you a, you should do this. <laughs> you should make. You, you should, should make. make. <laughs> Good. You go make your own thing, okay? But what you do... <laughs> Well, or they do, say, I could make this myself. Oh my God, you those know? are the worst. You're like, excuse me? We've had people See you later. That. Goodbye. Good luck. Go, go home and stop. Be free. Be free. <laughs> I love that for you. That's our yeah. new phrase. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you watch where their hands go. You watch what they reach for. You watch what they pick up. You you listen quietly to what they're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. And what they're telling their fellow people, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
this is beautiful. This isn't. You look, oh, no one's touching the rings, but everyone's reaching for the necklaces. Then you think, okay, well, is it the placement on the table? Um, does it have to be moved somewhere? You know, you start to kind of identify because all you're doing is is watching behaviors and getting that feedback and testing and trying. The only way you're ever going to get to this answer of how do I find my bestseller is to test and try. Now you can yeah. do it the way that a lot of you have done it, which is throw spaghetti at the wall and make all of the things. I'm coming out with a bath and body line and I'm going to come out with... And I wanted um, to add to the test and try, test and try in the marketplace. So yeah. for your example, it was we're trying to discover market fit, right? right. So for, for them, it's like, okay, the trade show, but make sure the trade show is like your I, your customers are actually there, you right. know? Right. Like it might not be like randoms, you know? You're not selling dog food in an art, sto- art show. Yes, yes, right? exactly. Yeah. So then that way the feedback has more value to it. And let's say you don't have an in-person. Let's say you're just thinking about starting out. Great, get a group of peers together, family and friends, Um you know, moms from, you know, school, uh, you can create like a focus group. You can even, you know, and then what you can do is then you just kind of put your stuff out and you, and you see what they like, what they don't like. You can grab. And in that case, they they could give out like samples and stuff like that. Like, like you said, like, let's say they get a mom group together and then they see what happens. There's going to be a natural reaction to all of it too. You know, it's like, oh, try these samples. What do you think? write them on a piece of paper, but you also, that's why experiments, you're also watching them, what they do. They're not just taking those sheets of paper and being like, oh great, this person told me what they think. That person could just be like talking out of their, you know, armpit for all we know. (laughs) All the shudders. Don't let people shit on you. (laughs) So, So the thing that we want you to do, and I think what the element here is, what if I don't have a bestseller? If you don't have a bestseller, we want you to get focus. We want you to niche. But we want you, the biggest key here is that you test, try, and get feedback. You test, mm-hmm. you try, and you get feedback. Do not get stuck. Do not stop. A lot of people are like, well, you might feel paralyzed by fear of starting something new or putting it out there in front of the world. Also, you might get stuck because you get negative feedback. Right. Negative feedback is just as valuable as positive feedback. It tells you whether or not there's a market for it, whether or not you have the ideal customer, whether or not you need to do some, you know, finagling in your processes or in your actual product, you know? So don't get stopped even by negative feedback because that's important too. Yeah. So that's what we just want you to think about here, right? Like we want you to think of, we've given you a whole bunch of strategies here. This is nothing but strategies, but the only way you're going to determine this information is, or determine what you need to know to figure out your bestsellers is if you just start. Yeah. Just start and audit later on. So for example, let's say you do do that in-person market and then you write down all of the feedback that you receive that you can remember. And then in that case, you're writing down the data, the feedback, and then you base your decisions off of historical data, just like anything else, right? It's just data. It's not negative. It's not positive. Let's call it neutral. And then you are making a decision on, ooh, looks like people naturally gravitated towards this, or they were naturally repulsed by this. (laughs) Then you start start to move it forward. You and I actually were recently somewhere where we were smelling scents of something and we were both mm. naturally repulsed. Yes. By the same scent. And guess how many of those products were on the shelf? All of them. Yeah. And the one we wanted that we were like, oh, that smells really good was completely sold out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Good point. That was at a spa place and the ones that would smell like spa, which we were in the mindset of spa, right? And it was like, and the, the thing was even, wasn't it named like at your desk or something? There was like one for at your desk ease. We were looking for like 
smelling scents that would kind of set us in the mood of yeah, wherever like aroma we wanted therapy. to be. Yeah, yeah, that's um, the word. <laughs> and smelling scents, aka aromatherapy at our desk. <laughs> so it kind of fit what we are looking for as well. So as you can see, that they did some research on that. Now, those other ones might be for other people. I forget what they were called, but they were called different things. But they were, but there were so many of them. So I know there think was Think so about many. it. If, mm-hmm. if we were coaching that product business, it would actually be looking at it and saying, okay, you've tested and tried they all of these They would have sold scents. two more of those at your desk just from the two of us. So they from really needed more. to up that stock on that one yeah. skew. And then the other side of this is depending on how it sells across the board, if they're realizing that these other scents don't sell and it's like we sell out of one, but we don't sell any of these others, that's a time to be like, oh, that's our best seller. And maybe we stop selling the poor sellers, right? Mm-hmm. And we teach all of this within of the Best Seller Secrets Challenge. So if you're like, oh, I want some more clarity around that, we have some light bulb moments for you. So I think that the, I hope that this was helpful. We're going to keep digging into this concept um, over the coming weeks with you. This is one of our core concepts at the Product Boss because what we believe and we've told you more is not more. Um, more is keeping you broke. Mm-hmm. You know, more is the thing, making more things and trying to make all the things for all the people is the reason why one year, two years, three years down the line, you're going to look at yourself and be like, why am I in the same place? Why am I in mm-hmm. the same job? Why can't I pay my bills? Why am I still doing it all myself? And that's because you've been doing things one way and it is time to stop doing them that way and start to lean in, focus, and really hone in on your best sellers and then use what we teach to help you scale your business using your best sellers. Yeah, absolutely. What we do believe in for more is that you need to sell more while doing less. Mm -hmm. So join us at theproductboss.com slash sell more, completely free. It's going to be super fun, super eye-opening and super profitable for you. So um, we'll see you in there. Thanks, friends. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.